You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love Pour Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. Let's go. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. That's from Maya Angelou. I actually read that somewhere else this week. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. And again, that quote is from Maya Angelou. For those who celebrate Thanksgiving, one more week, actually less than a week, is next Thursday, and it'll be Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say a happy early for those of you who celebrate a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy it with family and friends and people who you love and who you know. You know without a doubt love you. And to our loyal listeners, thank you for being here with us. 17 years, 17 years, you guys. Off the shelf, been going for 17 years. We're heading to year number 18. If this is your first time tuning in, I just want to let you know, yes, yes, you are listening to the Winning Book Podcast, Off the Shelf Books, and welcome to this Saturday's November the 18th show. Before we uh, introduce to you our wonderful guests, and I learn something from every guest who comes on this show, so I'm very curious, interested, and excited to hear what our guests will share with us. But before we move, when we're talking about Thanksgiving, it's very important to practice awareness. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on in our own bodies so we go to the doctor and we get a checkup, and sometimes we're shocked with what the doctor says. But when we practice awareness, we can know something is shifted, something's off, I might be headed the wrong way, maybe emotionally, something you're thinking about, thought patterns that are not really serving you well. And we might need to heal, and and I think a big key of healing is learning to love ourselves. And if that's something you think you can benefit from, I would encourage you to get a copy. It's a light read. You don't, your mind won't become defensive. It's heal gorgeous. Wisdom within you knows the way. And it's a short book of poetic writings that people are truly enjoying, and I hope being healing from and being blessed through that healing. You can get it in hardback, paperback, ebook. And if you don't see it, just ask the clerk. You want to get a copy of Hill Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way, by yours truly, Denise Turney. I wrote this book for myself, healing, and for others to heal. And it's, it's being well received. Hill Gorgeous, Wisdom Within You Knows the Way. And now let us go and meet our very special off the shelf guest. I'm excited, and our guest this morning is, I hope I say her name right, if I don't, I hope she corrects me, Anastasia Lindsay, and Anastasia is a poet, she's a certified Reiki master, a Reiki 1 and 2 certified consulting hypnotist, getting access to that subconscious, womb light practitioner, she's also a womb, a womb light light leader, and a sound healing and meditation practitioner, she aims to help others here go that word again. She aims to help help others heal as a writer, and she is also the author of the poetry book Ocean. It's a Gold Book Award winner. Please, you guys, go visit visit Anastasia Lindsay online at Summer Soulless Healing, and that's spelled S U M M E R S O L A C E H E A L I N G dot com. And one more time, summer to spell the way it sounds, S-U-M-M-E-R-S-O-L-A-C-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And we're absolutely honored. Oh, my goodness. I hope I pick up the right line. I hope I pick up the right line. We're absolutely honored to have Anastasia here with us this morning. I should have got her number. Uh, welcome to Off the Shelf, Anastasia. Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Oh my gosh, it's. I said I, I, I have to get you. I should have got your number. I slipped up on that. But there's so many people on the line. I said I hope I pick up. The line. <laughs> and I can't hear you. Welcome to Off the Shelf this morning. Hello. Can you hear, can me? You hear me? I hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. Okay. <laughs> 
So <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. It's, it's a it's a pleasure to have you here with us, Anastasia. I enjoyed researching for your show, and I'm very excited for what you share. You might share something that really helps a listener who's listening live or somebody who listens to the show in the archives. Now, the first few questions I'm going to ask you, I ask every guest on the show, so our listeners can get a little backstory on our guests before we start talking about their books. So to kick off today's show, Anastasia, could you please tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Absolutely. First off, I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I know we've had this on the books for a few months now, so I'm excited that the day is finally here. Um, To begin, I grew up in Decatur, Illinois, born and raised, and I'm still here. Um, Childhood was great. Um, I just grew up a little differently for many reasons, but I definitely believe that's, you know, shaped who I am. Uh, I was raised by a single parent, and she worked third shift, so I was with my grandparents a lot. You know, we didn't live in the best neighborhood growing up. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the best. Um, I went to Catholic grade school and high school, and growing up it was a little different because I am of mixed race, so there were very, very few others like me. Um, Everyone was predominantly white, and so that's how I was raised as well, um, around the white side of my family. But I think that overall, how I was raised has really shaped me and created this beautiful platform that I have now to share about, you know, poetry and healing and growing up differently in the world and just kind of using my life experiences growing up to connect with others around the world. You know, no matter what you look like, how you talk, how you appear in the world, or how you were raised, whether you had both parents, one parent, no parents, just using all of life's experiences to connect with other people. And I grew up writing. Poetry was introduced to me in grade school. So it's kind of stuck with me all these years. And I loved reading. I was around my grandmother a lot, who was very into literature and reading and very quiet and reserved like myself. So I really connected with my grandmother. She was very inspirational for me, and I do believe that I carry a lot of her with me throughout my days now. So just trying to navigate the the life that I was given and, and use it to connect with other people. Oh, well, thanks for sharing. Now, did you grow, are you an only child or you had siblings? I have siblings. I have a brother and a sister. My brother is a year younger than me, and then my sister is about five years younger than me. Oh, you're the oldest one. Now, when you were a, a little girl, Anastasia, you said you liked to write, you liked poetry, it was introduced to you in school, but... When you were a little girl, what did you dream of being when you grew up? I always thought I was going to be a veterinarian, and I loved animals growing up. Yeah, so definitely didn't pursue that, but I still very much love animals. <laughs> okay, now how old were you? You, 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 you your, your, uh, your passion for writing was birthed when you were a young girl in school, and you, it started with poetry. But how were you, Anastasia, when you knew that you wanted to be a writer? I think it was about fourth or fifth grade. And I I honestly hadn't thought of it until this really pivotal moment. It was an English class, and one of our assignments was to write a poem. I had read a few poetry books, but other than that, I wasn't really familiar with poetry. And so I wrote one, we turned them in. And my teacher pulled me to the side after everything was said and done, and and her reaction to my poem is what sticks with me today at 30 years old. She, her reaction to the poem that I wrote, and I wish I remembered what the poem was now, but her reaction to the poem that I wrote was very beautiful. And being that young and seeing a reaction from someone I looked up to be that important she encouraged me to keep writing, and she said that poetry was definitely a natural-born talent for me because the poem that I wrote was so beautiful. 
and oh. that stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is. You know, some people, they hear something early. We had a guest on, and she got a, a English paper graded back with all these red marks, and her teacher told her she really wasn't, wasn't her natural thing, so she didn't write for years. But then she returned to it. But good for you. You got that early mm-hmm. encouragement to, to pursue a passion. Now, can you introduce our listeners and tell us about some of the poetry th- themes in your book, Ocean? Yeah. So I love my book. I love to talk about it. So this is super exciting to do this. Ocean was created to be the book of healing. That's like my little catchphrase for it. And I take a lot of poems and compiled them together. They're things that I went through, things that I experienced, some of my pain, my trauma, things that I witnessed and experienced through my own eyes, and I put them into a book. So I write about pain. I write about trauma. I write about grief. But I also write about the in-between stages where You're in your healing journey, and things are okay. They're not quite where you would like them to be. Sometimes I think we forget to talk about the in-between stages where things aren't good, but they're not bad, you know. So I talk about the in-between, and then I also transform and end my book with all things love. I wanted a place for the reader to, you know, not only embark on their own healing journey, but end at a place with love so that they could seal their whole experience together. And it's love for self, love for others, love for their partners, and really just kind of encapsulate all of the human emotions into one book. Now, these poems, uh, are these poems you wrote across the span of your since you started writing when you were in school, like in the fourth or fifth grade, and you just picked out certain ones to put in the book, or is Ocean a compilation of poems that you sat down one day and said, I want to write this type of poetry book with this focus, and that's what's in the book? A lot of my poems are things that have happened throughout my life. It wasn't until I started writing poetry for my book It almost kind of was, I came to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm ready to start telling my story through poetry. A lot of poems that I wrote were just, you know, from my imagination or, you know, I would read a book and be inspired to write something. But Ocean was truly formulated because I was ready to start sharing my story with the world and talking about the things that happened to me. So there might be a poem in there that a a reader will come across, but that might have happened like five years ago for me. So I took experiences that have happened throughout my life and finally sat down and started talking about them or writing poetry about them, and then I compiled them into the book now. Okay, now, now before we go on, if you do have Ocean with you at some point in the in the interview, and you can let me know when you're ready, I would I would love for you to really delight our listeners by reading one or two poems from the book. But the next thing, so so let me know if if you're agreeable to that. Absolutely. And then the, I Ocean with me. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then the next thing I wanted to ask you, um, um, you know, a lot of us. And then later in the interview, I want to talk about your work with healing. Um, a lot of us are afraid to tell our story. We hide. And and I, uh, when you said you were you were finally ready to tell your story, they say we wear a mask. Almost all of us. We had this public, and then in private, we we're just a little bit different. Even if it's not a lot, some of us is so the difference is so stark. It's almost like it's two different people, like it's two different people. And I know when I grew up, I was always told, well, you don't, you don't, you don't spread your business and you don't tell people (laughs) your business. And I've heard other people grew up the same way. What goes on this house stays in this house. You don't tell your business. And it's, so you're saying you're finally ready to tell your story. A lot of people don't. They don't. They don't. There are people who've probably been married to people for over 20 years and they still have big secrets. So I where, did you, where did you get the courage to say, I, I, I'll share with the whole world? Where did you get the <laughs> courage? I think it takes courage to do that, and I commend you for that. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. I think for a long time, you know, growing up and being different, I I was always wearing some type of mask, whether I was at school or at home or with friends. I never felt like I I never had an idea of who I was. I felt like I was just kind of acting as a chameleon almost, like just blending in and kind of fitting in. But I knew that there not only did I look different, but, like, how I thought and felt and and experienced life was different. So it was almost I got to the point where all of that began to be so exhausting. Like, I, I was tired of hiding pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so it was taking more energy for me to pretend to be this way or act this way with X, Y, and Z because I didn't really have an idea of who I was. So it it came to the point where if you want to attract the right people or find the right friends or really meet the best support system, you have to do the honor of showing up as you. And that means not hiding it. You have to give them that opportunity to see who you really are. And if they're not for you, that's okay. They might hear your story and start judging you right from the minute you start talking, that shows me that that's not my person. That's not somebody that's going to help me along this life, you know. And I was okay with facing that fear because the fear of not being who I was and and hiding my story was causing a a greater damage than just telling people. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You could put that on, oh, my gosh, on a billboard. (laughs) In every town, like, oh, my God, you, you're hurting yourself by not being who you really are. Now, in in the overview, and after this question, I do, I'm going to ask you to be just gracious with the poem after after this question. But the overview of Ocean at Amazon shares that in Ocean, we experience the opportunity of connection and to grow with our emotions. Anastasia, why is it important to connect with emotions? Yeah, I love connecting with emotions. First of all, I have always been super sensitive. It was not a challenge at all for me to express and feel my emotions. Now, at times, I might have been confused on why I was feeling something, but I've never been shy of feeling. The older I get, I realize that that's actually a gift because there are so many people that walk around in this world who are numb. They don't have any feelings. They can't express their feelings or maybe they're afraid to express their feelings but what we have to remember is we are all human and to say that we can't express our feelings or be upset or be sad or even angry is denying ourselves the human right to just feel and so my poetry really reflects that and I want people to feel even if it's scary even if you've never done it before or if you were raised and you were told or taught that it's wrong to be angry or sad. Those are human rights and human, I mean, we were born to be able to express those things. And I want people to know that whenever you push down your emotions, you're not allowing yourself to fully feel. You're not allowing yourself to actually be human. And that's why we're here, to experience what it's like to be human And I want people to know that it's okay, but most importantly, that it's safe to feel. So my poetry might cause a reaction to somebody that makes them feel something that they've never felt before. And I want them, and most importantly, encourage them to sit with what they're feeling and to learn themselves all over again, what it means to feel and what it means to be human. Now, if you're able, would you treat us by reading one of your poems from the book Ocean? Absolutely. I'm really excited for this. I am going to read a poem. So I have three different sections throughout my book, and they are deep waters. Deep waters is where I talk about the hard times. If you think about deep waters, it's just kind of rough. That's where all of my pain and trauma Um, are stored and so deep waters really reflects the hard moments in my life and waiting is where I kind of mentioned in the beginning the in-between stages where 
I had just started healing, talking about the things, sharing my story, and things were okay, but they just weren't where I wanted them to be. And then the last section is the shore. And if you have ever been on the beach before and you're walking the shore and you're just allowing the water to to grace you gently, you feel at peace. And so those are all of my love poems um, where I talk about my partner, I talk about myself and my love for others. So that's kind of just like a breakdown of the different types of poems that I have in here. So I am going to read a poem from my love section. And this one is, it kind of stemmed from just wanting to be to be felt and to be heard. And when I think about people and love, I want them to know that love goes much deeper than what meets the eye. So here it goes. I asked him what he thought of me. I think I was expecting something along the lines of, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're kind. But what I got instead touched my soul. You make the sun on my skin that much warmer. You make the beauty of the stars something everyone wants to admire. You make waking up from peaceful dreams something to look forward to every morning. You are the love letter that mends broken hearts. The reasons why bees move from flower to flower. You are my favorite love story. And as long as I live, I will recite it. A few extra minutes with you is what I look forward to. The moon that rises in the sky, looking for the beauty that you radiate. You bloom where you are planted, and I am nourished by your strength and brilliance. You are unforgettable, so that even when a thousand light years pass, the light from your soul will always remain. The world is more beautiful because you are in it. And sometimes you catch me staring. Every day I find something new that I love about you and have memorized even the slightest wrinkle from joy. I thank you for making room in your heart to love me fully. You are inevitably your magic. Oh, <laughs> oh, what a wonderful love poem. Thank you for sharing that, Anastasia. We have a listener with a hand mm-hmm. up, so I'm going to see if this listener has a question or something they want to share. So go ahead, listener, you're on live. Hello? Okay, they might have. Uh, <laughs> they might have gone, stepped away. Okay. okay. Somebody had their hand up. So um, thank you for sharing that poem. It was what, such a wonderful, wonderful love story. Oh, my gosh, whoever that is about is somebody that you really, really <laughs> love. You really love. Now, with ocean, still talking about ocean, and I'm going to slowly start going into your healing works. Now, is yeah. it we, we we're talking about emotion and showing up really, truly as yourself, and that's so important. Now, again, going to your Reiki, Reiki work, et cetera, is it a brain overload, talking about emotions again? Emotions, I just saw an article, uh, read an article where somebody is, going to prison for 90 years for something they did, caught up in emotion. Now, is it a brain Mm -hmm. overload that causes some of us, we become so emotionally overwhelmed to the point that we make serious mistakes. We hit somebody and then the regret is overwhelming. You curse your manager and then you're out of a job, et cetera. What causes us, and you said, you know, it's important to be aware of your emotions, and I think yeah. awareness is critical. What causes us, though, to enter a state of emotional overwhelm and we didn't even really know we were overwhelmed? 
So we did something, yeah. or we said, or we said something. Right. I think, or our, our emotions are always trying to tell us something. So a lot of times we may be feeling emotional instead of listening to our bodies and what that emotion is trying to tell us, we act upon it. So we act upon that emotion. So if we're angry at our boss and we want to storm into their office and start throwing things, we're missing the whole point of why we're angry. You know, Mm -hmm. anger is a natural emotion and usually it stems from needing protection. So we're angry because something, we're not happy with something or someone. And it's an opportunity for us to reflect. Our emotions become overwhelming when we don't reflect and we act upon them. And so, yeah, I always try to tell people, you know, emotions make us want to act, but really we have to reflect instead. So if I'm happy, I feel safe and I feel connected or I probably feel really loved. And that's a good emotion to sit back and be like, you know, I'm really happy in this moment. Or this person right next to me is just an amazing person. Their energy feels great. And I feel happy to be sitting right next to them. Or sadness, you know. Usually for me, when I'm crying, that's my body self-regulating. You know, I could go off on a bender because I'm so upset and so sad. But I have to reflect and be like, what is causing me to be sad? you know, and really listen to my body because our bodies are always talking to us and really that's what our emotions are. It it can become overwhelming if we are trying to figure out the messages and we're not sure what they're saying. So it does take practice. You know, it's like learning what your baby needs. You know, they always say your baby has a different cry for what it needs. Our bodies are like that too. We just need different ways to cope and to listen to our bodies and to really reflect on what the emotions are that we're feeling. Do you do, um, thanks for sharing that. I'm listening to you. And you said you're 30. I'm like, wow, she's 30 years old. (laughs) Do you, when you, like, have you ever considered or do you, when you're talking about your books, if you go to book fairs, book festivals, you sit on panels, you're interviewing on podcasts, radio, TV, et cetera, do you also combine your discussions around your book, because what you're sharing I think is very helpful, with talking about ways. It's almost like somebody, on a drive home, there's a guy going to do a book signing at Barnes & Noble, and he's it's a cookbook, and it's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. what a perfect time. So he said he's going to have you know rest, food from recipes in the book that he's prepared. So for you with the, your book Ocean and your focus on healing, do you, when you talk about your book, also combine and talk to people about what little simple things they can do to start to heal? Yeah, I do. I think it's really important. You know, I could tell people the importance of healing, but I'm doing the service if I'm not teaching them ways or, you know, talking about things that I do. And that's actually what makes my book Ocean unique is, you know, I'm talking about grief and pain and trauma, but I'm also I also purposely put pages within my book that are called lighthouse pages. And if you think about lighthouse, it's a place of safety and calm. And those lighthouse pages have guided meditations. They have journal prompts. They have affirmations. They have um, exercises for the readers to do, like remember to drink your water. Um, If a poem is triggering to you, it's important to sit back and close your eyes see what messages come to you from your body. So I purposely put a lot of my healing exercises in my book so that the reader didn't feel alone. You know, I did not want to put a poem in my book that could possibly trigger someone without giving them a tool or a resource to heal from that. You know, I I would have felt terrible knowing that my book is out there and people are hurting and struggling They might hurt and struggle because it reminds them of their own experience, but I also needed a way to connect with them. Obviously, I can't connect with every single person in the world, but this is a way that I can so that they don't feel alone. And one of my pages, even in the love section, is just affirmations on love that they can say to themselves, like, I deserve to be happy. 
I accept all of me with love. I love who I am. I am a gift to this world. So there's exercises that they can do, and I really want my poetry, my healing, all of that to be all-encompassing. So when I'm writing poetry, I'm healing. When I'm doing my sound bowls, I'm focused on healing, and I try to incorporate all of that together. Okay. Thank you again. A few more questions on ocean, then I want to start talking about your your recce. Your I hope I'm saying it right. Reiki healing. Now the overview for ocean goes on to share that writings in the book aim to help readers expand past fear as vast as the sea and become in flow with creation and unconditional love, just like the ocean. Now, as it regards getting past fear, are there signs that for our listeners who are either listening now or they may listen all parts of the world mm-hmm. may listen today, next week, next month. As it regards expanding past fear, are there signs that a person is constricted and needs to open up and begin to expand, as you say, expanding past fear? And if so, can you tell us about some of those signs that somebody might not even be aware that they're really constricted? Yeah, I think one of the main signs is if you are listening to the voices of others. I certainly don't think that there's any wrong in that. But we can also listen to ourselves. So if someone wants to quit their job, they want to, they have this strong urge to, it's just not for them, but they have this strong fear. It could be for many reasons, financial, security, but if they have someone in their right ear saying, you can't quit your job, you can't, you have a family to support, you know, what about everyone that you have to feed? But in the left ear, it's their own voice saying, but you're not happy, you're so unfulfilled. You know, there's more to life. They might let the voice of the other person win. It's not to say that what that person is saying isn't right. They can certainly take that into consideration. But what matters most is how that individual is feeling. Because we know ourselves better than anyone else, even when we don't know ourselves. Our body never lies to us either. If you're going to a job and it makes you so unhappy and your body kind of tenses up when you're there or you're disassociated. That's a sign that there's something else out there. It's okay. You know, sometimes life pushes us out of a a place. It's our own selves that keep us where we're not supposed to be. So I think that's a number one sign is that we're we're taking the things that we're hearing and, and stopping them from allowing us to grow. And I can certainly talk about that on experience. I think I have always listened to the opinions of others and then claimed them as my own, mm. but I was dismissing how my body was feeling and what my body was telling me. Wow. Are there any, could you share any, like one or two other signs for those who, so, so you don't wait till you get to the doctor and they tell you, uh, you're really not in good shape here. <laughs> and then you have no choice but to listen. <laughs> well, Fear is, is also very healthy. Um, it's it's what keeps us safe, you know. So because I have a fear of walking into the highway, you know, I will never get hit by a car because I would never walk into the highway. But if you allow fear to help you or keep you from doing something that you're also excited about, that's another sign because you could also be very, very excited for an opportunity. But if you say, I'm and you let that be the reason why you don't do that exciting thing, that could also be another way. And then also if your body is, if you're starting to feel sick, like you said, my body will shut down if I constantly stop choosing myself. My body just shuts down. I get sick or I have back-to-back colds and I'm like, where is all this coming from? It's because I not necessarily am making the wrong decisions, but I'm not trusting myself enough. You know, have you ever had a friend that's like, just trust me, you're going to be okay, or just trust me, I won't let anything happen to you. And then you're sitting there like, I know you won't, but I still can't do this. And then you guys are going back and forth. Your friend just wants you to trust them. And that's what your body wants to. Your body just wants to be trusted. And so I think one of the the third sign is, Start slowly but surely incorporating more self-trust into your life. Mm. Trust that your body knows what it's doing. 
you know, even when we have, when we're sick, they say, well, just let it run its course. Your body's taking care of you. It's doing that at a physical, mental, spiritual, soul level, mind, body, spirit. It's taking care of you. And so if you've ever walked into a place and you're like, I don't know, something's wrong about this place. It, it just gives me weird. I don't know what I'm feeling here. That's your body talking to you. So try to trust yourself more. If something feels off, then it probably is. Or if something just doesn't sit well with you, then it, then it's not for you. So I encourage people to try to listen to themselves a little bit more. Put more trust into yourself. That way you're not always letting fear win. Okay. Now, before we go to talk about the Reiki healing, what have readers been saying about your book, Ocean? What have you been hearing from readers? I hear a lot of things, which is really exciting because when you put a book out there in the world, you're not sure how people are going to take it. And that's a scary thing. I could have let that fear stop me from telling my story, but I knew I was ready. And so I've been getting a lot of reviews. Um, A lot of people will just text me and be like, I started your book tonight and I can't stop crying. Mm. Or I started your book tonight and I'm ready to start telling my story. That one was huge because, like you said, a lot of people are not telling their stories. Some people are ready to start telling their stories now, which is so huge. Everyone deserves that platform to to tell their story. Um, and I also had some editorial reviews roll in where they said it was one of the most unique poetry collections they've ever read okay. out of the millions of books I'm sure they've done a review for. Um, you know, my words are transformative. My words brought them peace and it makes them excited to start their healing journey. Um, lots of good things have been said about my book, and it just makes me really happy to know that it's out there creating waves. Like I wanted, yeah. I wanted motion, <laughs> so I say it's, my book's out there just making waves. <laughs> okay, awesome. Now, now, Anastasia, what prompted you to start working with Reiki? I actually, I had no idea what Reiki was, and there was a workshop here in town back in 2018, and I had just kind of started getting into meditating and, you know, my healing, and I was like, well, what is Reiki? But I I had a a really open mind. I was like, I'm going to go try it out. I think it will be fun. So I went, and I had my experience, and... When I was experiencing Reiki, I felt like I was floating. I was just floating around that little room we were in, and I said, this is amazing. And that night and a few days after, I just was like, I felt really calm and peaceful, and I hadn't felt that in a really long time. I had just ended a really toxic relationship, and I had just left a toxic workplace where I was being harassed. So I had both of those going on at the same time. I conjured enough strength to leave both. So I was just freshly new into the healing era, and I hadn't felt that level of peace in years. And I said, I want to be able to do that for other people too. And so I went and got certified. <laughs> now, what is what is Reiki and what happens during a healing session? And also, I've had acupuncture How similar or different is Reiki from acupuncture? So what is Reiki? What happens during a session? And is there anything else like acupuncture, meditation, that you could help listeners see what the similarities and differences in those other practices are? Yeah, so I do Reiki, and Reiki is a Japanese energy healing technique. A lot of my clients come for stress reduction, relaxation, and just overall promotion of healing. And so it's energy healing. I channel the universal energy that floats around us. I channel that through my hands and onto the person that's coming to see me. And I just place my hands all over their body, like their shoulders, their legs, their hands, their head. And so a lot of clients will tell me that they feel tingling throughout the body. Like me, I I felt like I was floating, as if I had a million little hands on me, invisible hands just picking me up. 
a lot of people fall asleep. They just, they come for their session, they fall asleep, I'll wake them up, and they can't believe it's over already. But it's just energy healing. Um, I just place my hands throughout the body, and a lot of people come, too, if they have physical ailments, cancer, diseases, anxiety, depression. And I just, I tell them to keep a notebook, and I want you to write about your experiences before and after coming and seeing me. A lot of people have lowered the dosages of medicine that they were on or completely stopped taking them after doing Reiki. A lot of people, you know, achieve goals after getting a Reiki session. They had a clear mental so that they could start achieving their goals. So it really can be used for whatever the client wants. If they just want peace and relaxation, that's what they can come for. If they want help with a goal and they just need a clear mind, they can come for that. Um, Meditation, I do meditation as well, and that's just teaching the client how to be present. Meditation isn't about quieting the mind. A lot of people think that meditation is hard because you have to stop thinking, but even when you're trying not to think, you're still thinking. There's no way to stop thinking. It's impossible. The mind is supposed to think. But what I train people to know about meditation is that it's just being present. What is happening exactly in this moment? So whether you're listening to the sound of my voice or the honking cars outside or just hearing your own breath or envisioning the rise and fall of your own chest, you're meditating. So a lot of people come just to learn how to meditate, how to sit with their own thoughts. And a lot of people come, too, and they say, you know, I was meditating at first, but then I started asking myself, did I lock my front door? Did I bring my purse with me? You know, where's my social security card? And I tell them those thoughts are normal. What you have to do is say, the door is locked. My social security card is safe. What matters now is how I feel right now. What is, what is my mm-hmm. breath like? What is the practitioner saying? What are her words like? So that way you don't start worrying. You just redirect your thoughts to the present moment. So that's what yeah. meditation is. <laughs> um, you know, I don't do... Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. You said I'm... you were saying... Yeah, I don't do acupuncture, um, but it is a technique that, you know, it just, you know, they insert the thin needles throughout your skin on specific points on your body. Um and it's just acupuncture, you know, treats a variety of conditions as well. Um, I think a lot of people mainly go for pain or um, illnesses, but it's it's very similar. It's all alternative medicine to help people get well. Mm. Now, as a, a Reiki practitioner, you said you are certified. I know if, you, if a person becomes a, like a psychotherapist, they have to undergo therapy and healing sometimes very intense themselves before they're they're well enough, healed enough to ha- start helping someone else. And I've also been told you can't heal by alone, and so the being a practitioner that's like a a, a beautiful thing. You're you're healing, and your clients are also helping you now. So as a practitioner, before you started, did you have to undergo therapy or healing to ensure your energy was in a good place before you start working with clients? And if not. How do you ensure that your energy is clear? Because you have things that come up in your life as well before you start working with a client. Yeah. So I didn't have to undergo any type of therapy or anything, um, but there are different levels to certification. So I got my one and two together. I had to wait six months. They want you to practice and get accustomed to being a Reiki practitioner before you just jump into the master level. So that was the only time of type of timeline that I had. However, since I work with energy, I know that it's important for me and anyone who really does energy healing that if I had a bad day and I have a client after work, I either have to do all of my self-care routines, maybe come home, take a shower, meditate, give myself Reiki because I can administer Reiki to myself. If that doesn't work or I'm still kind of worked up, I will reschedule my client because it's not fair for them for me to show up in a distressed state of mind when they are also coming 
as well with a distressed state of mind. I have to be level and peaceful and calm. My energy has to be good and clear so that way I can show up and be the best version of myself for them. And it's not to heal them, it's to show them that they can start and administer their own healing too. Because one of the things that people think is like, if they come to me, they're going to be healed. A lot of healing is the client doing their own work outside of the session. So that's the thing with psychotherapy. They tell you, uh, you're the one really doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's good because if something were to ever happen to me or I move away, I don't want the client to feel like, okay, that's it. I'm never going to heal. I'm never going to be safe again. The goal is to to show them that they are safe, that they are in control with their own energy and own self. I'm just here to be a guide to kind of mm-hmm. help you along the way. But really, the work is done outside of our session. So, you know, I have to show up and, and, and be present for them to show them that they can also do that as well. Awesome. Now, how many, for our listeners, people who tune in and they're like, you know what, I think I need that. I think I could benefit <laughs> from, from that. How many Reiki healing sessions are needed to really, let's say somebody's dealing with a lot of trauma, Maybe they're dealing with mm-hmm. severe PTSD. They're dealing with a lot of anxiety. And they've been on a lot of medicines that have only maybe complicated the issues. How many Reiki healing sessions are needed to open a client up, allowing allowing them the beginning to heal, love, and trust themselves? It depends on the person. You know, sometimes I'll have a new client come in, and they'll come once a week. Just depending on the level of things that they'd like to work on. But that's the that's why I tell them it's important to keep a notebook so that you can track your progress because I have them in our sessions. We'll kind of talk about how was last week after your Reiki session. Did you find yourself reacting the same way to things that might have really triggered you from the beginning? And if they say, well, no, not really, or not that I can think of, I'm like, that's really good. If you'd like, we can continue doing weekly or we can move to every two weeks. And so what we'll do is we'll just kind of gauge and see where, they're, where they are. I'll ask them a series of questions. If they're still feeling triggered or still having a hard time, we might do it more frequently. If they notice that their progress is actually, you know, on track, they're, they're healing, they're doing better, they're not as reactive, then we might, you know, lessen it. So it really depends on the person. I do have a client that used to come two times a week. That was just their that was that was their time. We would do like a Monday, Wednesday or Wednesday, Friday, and that was just their time to come. You know, if you think about maybe making a hair appointment or getting your nails done or going to get a pedicure, like that was their time to just come and sit with a healing practitioner to really ensure that they were that they were still on track. So really it's up to the individual. You can come as often as you want or if you want to do once a month because what you want to work on is pretty minor. You know, it it really is up to the person. I I can't say that it's the same for every single client that I see. Okay, okay. Now, you also do, 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 well, first, do you also do sound healing? When I was researching for your interview and we're down about 10 minutes uh, with almost at the close of the show, but I definitely wanted to talk about this as well. Do you also do sound healing? I do do sound healing as well. I use crystal singing bowls, and I like to, you know, because I know sound healing can be kind of new and people aren't really sure what that is. I just kind of have them visualize this. If you've ever played the guitar, you know that you have to tune it before you play it for it to sound its best. You could still play the guitar, It just might not sound the way it should. Our bodies are the guitars. The sound healing instruments that I use tune our bodies. At a cellular, molecular level, it's shaking up stagnant energy within your body. It's it's tuning you so that you, in your body, can operate at its optimal best. And it's it's altering the brain waves. It's getting you in that from that anxious state that calm and relaxed state of mind. So I have a lot of clients that come in and they book sound healing just so they can fall asleep. I start playing my bowls and within seconds they're snoring. So they wow. say, this is nice. it sounds like a nap. 
Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm listening to you, and thank you for everything you've shared. I, I mean, I've done a lot of reading and, and uh, do a lot of several practices, but some things I think I'll get back to. But I'm listening to you, and I think we take for granted, almost like our bodies are these magical wands, where no matter how much stress we put them under, that it's all, always going to be okay. And then when something happens to show us otherwise, we like stunned. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. want to get mm-hmm. in that state where, where you're shocked <laughs> that, oh, my God, something's been off for maybe five years, and you just you didn't even notice it. And, and, yeah. uh, so you, just these daily practices, not just a healthy diet and exercise, but these there's a lot of stress around us. And, you know, with wars and different things you worry about on an individual and broader level, to have these daily practices that you're really taking care of yourself. So I wanted to ask you next. I saw this. Um, I saw that they were on. They showed a short video at work of somebody with like a, a type of autism, and I really made me stop and think how different we all are. And in the, in the short video, they were in like a, a cafe. You go into just a little cafe, get a. I don't drink coffee, but people who drink coffee, teas, cappuccino. And the noise in this person with autism head was just putting a spoon on a table was like hearing a truck fall over. Everything was so mm-hmm. loud. I, oh my gosh, how, if, you, if I had to live with that. You talk about sound healing. Just how mm-hmm. much, and most of us don't deal with that day to day to day, just how much are we impacted by noise and sound these days? <laughs> We're not out of nature like we used to be in ways we're not aware of, and it's impacting us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get overwhelmed by sound. Um, If the TV's going and someone's talking to me and my neighbors are playing music, I can get very overwhelmed easily. The difference with my sound healing is, because I actually, I let people know that, you know, you might fall asleep during this session. Like if I do a group session, I'm like, don't be alarmed, that's okay. And I had someone come up to me afterwards, and she was like, when you were talking, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of skeptical, like, okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to fall asleep to this noise. You know, as I'm playing the sound bowls, those are the thoughts that she's having in her head. She's like, it's loud. I'm not sure how people fall asleep to this. And then she said, and then the next thing you know, I was waking up and the sound healing session was over. So the sound therapy it's it's different. It's healing for the brain, whereas the sounds that we encounter, you know, at a restaurant or, you know, in our day-to-day life, those are all overstimulating noises, where the sound healing, those are actually calm, calming for the brain. It takes you from that anxious state of mind, and it gets you to that, that calm state of mind. Whereas if I go to a cafe and there's dishes cleaning and people talking and the music is playing in the background, those are all overstimulating for the mind. So sound healing, my bowls may be loud, but they actually hit right where the brain needs them to be. <laughs> are there any sounds for people who just, they come, they're coming home from work, they've had a stressful day, or maybe they've been with their children or maybe they don't have children, they don't work out of the home, but something has caused their stress to, to spike. Are there any sounds like, oh, I remember my grandmother used to, I think, have wind chimes on the back of the porch. Are there any sounds that generally are good for that offer energetic healing? Yeah, I always, if you have, like, Spotify or Apple Music, you could also um, search, like, nature sounds, like chirping birds. Chirping birds held a a certain energetic healing to them. Um, Ocean waves, um, you could listen to, like, um, the wind blowing, like, wind blowing through the trees type of noise. I always revert back to nature. If you can find nature sounds, because nature is healing. Every part, everything that has to do with nature is healing. So whether it's the ocean, the birds, um, the trees, you could listen to people walking through leaves, like crunching leaves, like all of those hold healing energy to the ears. Mm, very interesting. And that's something easy any of our listeners can do. And I really encourage everybody to have something they do every day if not at least three things that practices to, because you could be carrying stress and not even know it. And by the time you find out, it's, it's you're in that, oh, my God, 
state, and so you, you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to get. You don't want to get to to that state. Uh, and then I just very briefly, we own. We have less than five minutes. So can you tell us on hypnosis? Let's say there's somebody's been wanting to do something. There's a block there. There's a, mm-hmm. a erroneous belief that's there, and the hip, hypnosis could help them to identify it and remove it. Is it possible to practice self hypnosis? And if so, how does what's the how do you learn to do that? And what's that process like? Yeah, one of the easiest ways for self-hypnosis is doing it right before bed. So you want to catch yourself as you're getting tired, not quite to the point where as soon as you close your eyes, you know that you could fall asleep, but get yourself ready for bed. And close your eyes, and you can use your fingers if it helps you to count. But I always have this little mantra that I was taught that is basically self-hypnosis. And you don't want to do this while you're driving and stuff. So make sure it's like first thing in the morning, right when you wake up, or right before you fall asleep. But you can close your eyes and use your fingers. And so you would take your first finger and say, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And you repeat that to yourself until you actually fall asleep. And it's There's so many ways to do self-hypnosis, but that's the easiest. You don't need any tools. You just need you and yourself. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And then you do your second finger. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And you just repeat that to yourself over and over again. You could do it 10 times. You could do it 20 times. or You could do it till you fall asleep. But then once you get to that point where you start doing that self-hypnosis with yourself, you can actually see that every day in every way you're getting better and better, whatever wow. that means. And yeah. you can you can do whatever you would like to say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are running out of time. There's no way I could get to all the questions I wanted to ask you. But people are really tuned in to what you're sharing because the callers stayed on. They stayed on, and I'm running out of time. So I want to talk oh. about your novel, Do It For One. Uh, and we don't we don't have time. I had a few other questions I wanted to ask you. When will Duet for One uh, be out for people to pick up? So my book. Yes. I'm sorry you you were cutting out a little bit. When will my book be out? Yes, Duet for One. Yeah, so it is out on Amazon already. Ocean by Anastasia Lindsay. And I am also writing my second poetry book, which I should be publishing within the next year. So that's something to look forward to as well. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of Ocean? Is it only on Amazon or are there other places they can get a copy of Ocean? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. I also have copies that I have at my house that I can ship. And it's on. They're on my website from the very beginning, summersoulishealing.com. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, my website. Um, if you want to just reach out to me, talk about poetry, I'm open to that too. So I would love to hear from anybody. And do you have any upcoming speaking engagements you can share with us, or any appearances, so our listeners could support you that way as well? I don't have any upcoming ones, but I am planning next year in my hometown to host our very own first literary festival. So, awesome. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll Exciting. be meeting in the city. <laughs> We're going to start planning that, inviting guest speakers, have workshops. We'll have local authors and, and authors from surrounding areas with their books for sale. So definitely stay tuned for that. 2024, we will have our very own first literary festival. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Anastasia, you are just (laughs) a blessing. We have run out of time. We have just had the absolute pleasure of, uh, of having Anastasia Lindsay on with us. She's a poet, certified Reiki master, Reiki 1 and 2 certified consulting hypnotist and womb light practitioner and light leader and a sound healing and meditation practitioner. You can, you can, her book, she aims to heal others as a writer, her book Ocean, you can get it on her website, Amazon. Her website URL is summersoulishealing.com, S-U-M-M-E-R-S-O-L-A-C-E, 
H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Oh, my goodness, if you came in midstream or you you look catching in the archives, I encourage you to listen to the entire show and share it, share it with others. She shared some free, free tips uh, that you can use, you can start using today that would actually help you, help you to begin to heal. That is so, so, if everybody was healed, we wouldn't have any wars. That is so important that we 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 heal. We 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 need to heal. We all do. Thank you so much, Anastasia. What a blessing! A blessing you are, and I wish you the best with your book, um, Ocean, and your writer conference that you're working on for 2024. And again, you go can keep up with Anastasia SummerSolarsHealing dot com. And for those of you, Happy Thanksgiving to those again celebrate. Uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, even if you celebrate it only from the aspect of focusing on what you're thankful for, not the historical, the Native American part of it. I mean, I'm not cool with that part of it. But you just get with your family and your friends and you celebrate it to, to, to just a time you set aside to be to be thankful and to appreciate. And set your clocks. Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you're going to catch off the shelf books. Just more and more wonderful guests like Anastasia Lindsay. Happy Thanksgiving, Anastasia, and thank you for being here with us and taking time out of your day to be here on Off the Shelf. To our listeners, as I always tell you, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are absolutely incredible. Go out and create a beautiful day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 o'clock. Bye for now. Thank you.